Hey everybody, it's Taylor. I'm back with another audio recording. <laughs> uh, if you hear sounds of construction and dogs barking, I apologize, but uh, you know, this is this. I'm just sitting here at my desk. <laughs> There's not a soundproof studio or anything. And then if it's good enough for Fiona Apple to leave those sounds in her songs, then, you know, I feel like I can get away with it, right? Um, but yeah, I, what is the point of these new recordings I'm sharing? I'm not sure. I, I hope that every once in a while I'll have a great conversation with somebody about uh, art and children's books. But more, I, I don't really think there has to be a point. Um, Moombo is having its first anniversary in like two weeks. And I was trying to do some reflecting and kind of thinking like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I doing this? And I don't really know. The only thing I could really think of is that I am just allowing myself to be uh, led down a path by my curiosity. And I'm exploring and learning. And sometimes I do that privately. And sometimes I share that with you. So I guess if there's really any kind of goal, it's just to expose you to things that might be interesting and to lead you down a rabbit hole of curiosity. Um, one of the reasons that I started Moombo was to just to explore this art form. And one of my big interests in children's books comes from the poetry of them, of the poetic sensibility. Um, I think that poetry is the first real literature that children are exposed to through like nursery rhymes and lullabies or songs or even board books are often so short and poetic in their own way. Um, but I'm not interested in the sweet and sentimental poetry that you will find in a lot of children's books. I mean, to be fair, there are some that I love and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just, I'm more interested in poetic language and rhythm, sort of the incantatory nature of a lot of these books, the, the mystery that poetry allows for the, you know, there's gaps that need to be filled in. There's, there's interpretation that needs to be done. And that interpretation is different for every reader. And it's different for that reader during different phases of their life. And I think that is so interesting and exciting. And so that's kind of what leads me to what I'm doing today, which is I'm going to read a poem. And if that's not interesting to you, then I would recommend just sort of just hopping out now. If you're only interested in hearing the poem, I will try to leave a timestamp somewhere in this article so you can just go straight to the poem. But for the rest of you, I am going to spend a minute or two, probably longer, uh, explaining sort of why I'm reading this poem and a little bit of background and the inspiration and, and all that. So on one of my recent explorations, I came across some stuff by Lenny Bruce, who I had heard of before, but I didn't really know that much about him. Um, if you don't know, Lenny Bruce was a famous comedian in the 60s. He was sort of this counterculture iconoclast, like a like a political philosopher of comedy. He, you know, he was controversial. He was hilarious. He, he had a lot of politically charged statements that he would make that some people didn't like. And he got himself into trouble with the law quite often with prefer profanity and 
Unfortunately, he died young of a uh, accidental overdose. Um, if you've never heard his scat-like poem uh, called "To Come," it's really it's hilarious and musical, and I'll I'll try to link that so you can take a listen. Um, there's uh, an interview that he did with Nat Hentoff, and it's a video, and so I will also put that in the body of the post if you want to watch it. But there's this part in the interview uh, that really stood out to me, and Hentoff asks uh, Bruce, why do you do this? And Bruce responds, because it's fun. It's fun to say a poem in front of everybody. And I felt like that was so true. Like, I'm like, that's, that's it. Like, it is fun to say a poem in front of people. It's fun to read these poems with people. Um, it's even fun to just read it out loud to yourself, right? And that's, that is what Mumbo is about in a lot of ways too, is just sharing these things and it's fun. <laughs> so like learning a little bit more about Lenny Bruce, it kind of reminded me of another poet who I really admire, Ruth Krauss. Ruth Krauss was a writer and a poet she wrote a lot of incredible children's books. I think most famous are her ones that were illustrated by Marie Sendak. So like A Very Special House, A Hole is to Dig, uh, Open House for Butterflies. Like those are just some of their uh, fantastic books that they made together. She also is famous for The Carrot Seed, which she wrote and was illustrated by her husband, Crockett Johnson, who was also a famous writer, children's book illustrator, just general amazing artist. Um, they also have a book together called Is This You, which is so great. And if you've never heard of that one, I highly recommend you check it out. Um, actually, if you want to learn a little bit more about Ruth Krauss, I have a past Moombo article that I wrote in collaboration with the children's book author and illustrator Carter Higgins. And Carter wrote this great picture book biography recently about Ruth Krauss. Uh, it's called a story is to share how Ruth Krauss found another way to tell a tale. And that's wonderfully illustrated by Isabel Arsenault. A few years ago, one of Ruth Krauss's unpublished manuscripts was turned into a book called Roar Like a Dandelion. And it has these fun illustrations by Sergio Ruzier. It's, it's this like creative, nonsensical, poetic alphabet book. And what I love about it is I feel like it captures the brilliant and exuberant spontaneity of Ruth Krauss's words. You know, like Lenny Bruce, Ruth Krauss was a true original, and there's something about their wild spontaneity that makes their work feel so alive. There's a line in Roar Like a Dandelion that I think is at the heart of it, and it's, look under the bed for poetry. And I feel like that's what Ruth Krauss shows us in a lot of her work, is the beauty of the unexpected, whether that's something that's wonderfully gorgeous or horribly mundane. You know, she kind of shows us the messiness of it all. And it's something that I try to practice in my daily life, but it's definitely not easy. But look under the bed for poetry. I mean, that's that's so often where it's at. <laughs> and that title, Roar Like a Dandelion, there's a connection to the poem I'm going to read that has a line in it about a shell roaring. So I just love that she has this interest in that kind of contrast. Oh, but I have babbled on for a really long time. So I think it's time I finally read this poem, um, which is 
such a fun outpouring of Ruth Krauss's thoughts. So let's get to it. If Only, written by Ruth Krauss. If only I was a nightingale singing. If only I was on my second don't live like a pig week. If only the sun wasn't always rising behind the next hill. If only I was the flavor of tarragon. If only I was phosphorescence and a night phenomenon at sea. If only I didn't have to get up and let our dog out now. If only I was James Joyce and had written Finnegan's Wake. Only then I'd be gone. If only I too had the force to batter a reader about like a shuttlecock and then strike him or her out with an indelible phrase to make him or her forever after a changed him or her or her or him. If only somebody would hug me right now. If only I was rain in the highest branches. If only I was a little stairs running straight up out of the sea. If only somebody would kiss me on the back of my neck right now. If only I hadn't read the consumer's report on the chicken industry. If only I didn't have to get up and let our dog in again now. If only Gold's Delicatessen was on Chestnut River Road. If only New York City was in New Hampshire. If only we had not had to have our picnic sitting in the middle of the bridge. If only the girl and boy who all summer were walking the roads hand in hand and all autumn we're walking the roads hand in hand, and all winter are walking the roads hand in hand, and all spring, what on earth is going to happen to them hand in hand if it only stopped here and they could never know? If only I was dawn. If only I was more mystically charged than the blackest night. If only the little boy wearing glasses hadn't asked me if I was a witch. If only our dog wasn't such a pest, and what was he doing anyway riding through the air all night in a white clothes sports car? If only they didn't throw crackers around every morning, and when it's not that, it's dried apricots. If only when you left them alone for ten minutes, they didn't burn down the house. If only I was a little shell full of roaring. If only I was a little red caboose. If only our dog would stop staring at me. If only they had never moved me farther out into the Western Ocean. If only I had never read that space, too, is warped. If only he had never told me that a dog represented a father to me. If only I had read the consumer's report on green eyeshadow. If only I could bark louder. If only I could strike gold in me. I guess I'd know it. If only I was a band full of bells. If only I could read without glasses, I could have followed the handbook directions for distress signals. And that's it. If Only was written by Ruth Krauss and was included in her poetry collection, Minestrone, published by Green Willow Books in 1981. A disclaimer, if this part of the recording sounds a little bit different, maybe a bit quieter, that's because it's 9.30 at night, my kids are asleep, and I'm just now getting a chance to listen to my recording from earlier and because I don't have any official music or intros or outros, you couldn't really tell that I was finished, but I'm finished. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>